Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. You know, we're still, as we do this live, we're still in the first blush of 2022. And as we move forward through the year, I want you to attract more money. I want you to feel more abundant, richer, wealthier. Doesn't that sound good to you? Well, in this episode, I'm going to talk about seven mental hacks that you can adopt. Now, you don't even need to adopt all of them. Just adopt one or two of them. But I suggest you adopt all of them as a way to feel more abundant and, by consequence, attract more money. Now, what's important is not just doing these activities, not just taking it on, but really feeling it because it's really all about the feeling, about the vibration that you take on. It's not about the the doing of it. It's the being of it. And if you like these seven uh, mental hacks, I suggest you go and take on my free training, The Five Mental Mind Shifts to up-level your money game. And that's a free training. It's an hour-long video, and it's just content, just content. And you can find that at yesdaniel.com backslash five, the numero five, five mindset shifts. Yesdaniel.com backslash five. So, okay, mind hack number one. That is to up-level your experience. Whatever your experience, whatever you normally pay or whatever you normally do, consider upgrading your experience. If you normally fly economy class, consider upgrading to first class. If you get a hotel room and you normally get the cheapest room you can, upgrade to a room with a view. Now, you don't necessarily need to pay for this. You know, make your regular reservations and when you get to the check-in, ask for an upgrade. Just as a courtesy, I'd like a courtesy upgrade, please. And that goes with rental cars. It goes with all kinds of stuff. Ask for a discount. Ask for an upgrade. And just see if they'll do it. If they can, they will. Many times they have the authority or they have the ability to give you an upgrade. All it takes is asking. And if they can't, they can't. No big deal. But if you have the money, if you can afford it, I would suggest upgrading the experience yourself. Let me rephrase that. I said, if you think you can afford it. You know, affording it, uh, let's say you're investing in it because, you know, we could always put money somewhere else. But, and we tend to skimp on certain things that we don't feel like we need to uh, splurge on. I used to be one, I'll raise my hand, I used to be the one that would get the cheapest room possible. I'd get the one in the corner back, you know, against the alley, no view. And then one time I got a room with a view. And oh my God, for the $10, $20 difference, it was such an upgraded experience. Every morning I stepped out on the balcony, I took in the sights, I I looked, you know, in the evening I could see the lights of the city. It was a much better experience. Now, I always figured I wasn't even in the room that much. But for those few moments of my trip, when I could step on the balcony or look out the window, it was worth 
the price of admission. If you're getting concert tickets, get the best tickets you can buy. Because once again, you know, you're not there necessarily to just hear the music. You're there to have an experience. And you know that old phrase, it's not how many breaths you take in life. It's how many moments in your life that take your breath away. Now, I could probably do a whole podcast just on this one topic because there's a number of different ways that you can upgrade your experience. Uh, for instance, you know, if you've been shopping for a car and the car you want is actually too expensive, consider getting the car you want, but buying it loaded two to three years old. By that time, somebody else has driven off all the depreciation. And you have a very economical way to get a luxury automobile, to get an upgraded experience with all the bells and whistles, which you would have paid thousands for if you had you bought it brand new. And just two to three years old, you know, it's only 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 miles. It's still a relatively brand new car. I mean, when I first started driving a car, a car lasted maybe a hundred in 50,000 miles. You know, that was a lot. Now you can get, you know, 250, 300,000 miles on an automobile. Hell, you can get 100,000 miles just on one set of spark plugs. So buying that car, buying the car you want serves two purposes. One, you're driving more luxurious automobile and you feel more abundant. And you also, you're also saving money in the process. You're very shrewd. And when you act that way, you are actually feeling more abundant, wealthier, richer. Another thing you can do is when you go to the restaurant, opt in for the valet. Now, I used to be the one that would, you know, drop my, my partner off and I would park in the back 40 and I would walk up rather than pay the valet price. But you know what? I said, screw it. I just handed the keys to the valet Walked out, the car's warmed up, it's ready. I just started factoring it in to the experience. So you're getting the picture. Like I said, I could do a whole episode just on this in upgrading your experience. And when you do, you feel more abundant. You feel richer because it is all about the experience. It is how you're feeling inside of it. Now, a close second to this, and this is a mind hack number two, and that is buy quality. Invest in quality. You know, if I used to buy the cheapest shirt, used to buy several of the shirts, get them all the same, you know, maybe different colors. And I started spending more money and just bought the one nice dress shirt. The same amount of money that I would have paid for five shirts, I paid for one shirt. And I tell you, the quality and the workmanship and the material was that much better, was that much better. Now, again, it's important about how does it feel to you because some people do invest in quality. They buy the name brand. They buy the label in order to look good to other people. And I have to tell you, underneath that is a basic insecurity about yourself and about money. And sometimes people overextend themselves in order to buy the label, buy, you know, buy the image. I'm suggesting you buy quality when you can. Now, there is a point of diminishing returns, meaning that, you know, depending on how you're going to use this particular item, it may not be necessary to buy the top dollar or the highest quality item. But if it's going to be something that you're going to use repeatedly again and again, then by all means, invest in quality. 
And quality doesn't always mean the most expensive. It means the best made. And I have to admit, I'll raise my hand, that I have spent many an hour investigating, you know, researching and getting reviews to make sure that I get, you know, the highest quality item that I can. And this does lean us into item number three. When you're making purchase decisions, make them as quickly as possible. Don't deliberate. Don't, you know, quibble over it. Don't put something in your cart and sit on it and, and ruminate over it. Make the decision quickly because you can afford it. Meaning that don't sit on it and leave it in the cart and deliberate over it. Let me think about it for a couple of days. Do I really want it? Do I, is this the one I want? Do I want to spend the money? You know, it's that whole scarcity mindset. It's the idea that you make the decision quickly. You save time and energy. You free up all that energy to invest in other areas. And you have the item on its way. Now, there's a little caveat to this and. uh, This could be a bonus heck, but I took my time. If it's really important to you, take your time and really feel your way into the decision. And let me say it this way. Back in an earlier part of my life when I was uh, just coming out of divorce, I had zero furniture. I'd given most of everything away or the wife took it and uh, I had virtually nothing. And I was moving into a new apartment and I wanted to decorate it completely. So I went to the furniture store in advance of me renting this space and I would sit in the different furnitures or furnishings around the place for an hour or two like every every weekend. I would go and I'd sit I'd be in the furniture store like Goldilocks sitting on all this different furniture sitting visualizing it in my place, visualizing myself uh, entertaining on it. Because I really wanted something that uh, spoke about me, that was an extension of me, and something that I would love and appreciate, regardless if anybody showed up and sat on it themselves. I could luxuriate in it all by myself and be completely happy. I did the same thing years ago when I was looking for a new car. I had driven the same car for about 10 years. You know, I used to wear cars out. And uh, I was in the market for a new car. And, but I didn't know what I wanted. So I had a friend of mine that was a manager of Avis, and I would go and I would rent cars for three, four, five days at a time. And so I would actually, like again, like Goldilocks, I would try them out. This one was too hard. This one was too soft. This one, you know, I didn't like the suspension. I didn't like the, you know, the controls. Because I wanted one I wanted a car that fit me, that was an extension of me. I spent a lot of time on the road driving, and I wanted something that complemented me. I did that over, probably off and on, over three months. And then when I made the decision of the car to buy, I went out and bought it. I, I Almost immediately. I went to the lot, saw the price I wanted, and I got it. So my point is there are times, and by the way, I love that car. I loved it uh, until a woman ran a stop sign and broadsided me and totaled my car. Uh, But uh, (laughs) that's another story. And I did, uh, my passenger and I, we did walk away from that. But my car was not intact. So one, you know, make buying decisions quickly 
as quickly as possible. And then if it's really important to you, do take the time to invest it, you know, feel your way into it and get the one, get the thing, get the items that you really want. And you feel so much more appreciative, so much more loving about that purchase. You really, really feel good about it. Which leads me into the next one, and that is spend with gratitude. You know, when you have to spend money, or when you're spending money, spend it with the feeling of gratitude. This past summer, it was extremely hot in Texas, and uh, the energy bill was north of $600, not one month, not two months, but three months in a row. And when I sent the checkout, when I paid the bill, I was thinking about all the times that we had together. My wife being happy and cool, the pool running nice and clean, the amount of time. and We just, I invested my mind and my emotions in the gratitude of what I was investing in. It was an experience. Now, it wasn't really in the budget, and I made up for it in other places, but when I was spending the money, when I was paying the bill, I connected to the benefit. I connected to the value that I got as a result of spending that money. So when you spend, spend with gratitude. When I used to send checks, I used to write thank you down in the memo area. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your product. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And my little mantra that I would say is that every dollar I circulate comes back to me tenfold. Every dollar I circulate into the economy flourishes and provides for other people and is returned to me tenfold. And this is so powerful because I have spent many years over the, or many times over the years of feeling the agony of parting with money, you know, investing it in different things, having to pay a bill, you know, that was unexpected and uh, not necessarily having a backup. And that feeling of, of scarcity, of not having enough, of feel like just dreading, you know, giving that money away or giving, putting it into somebody else's hands was completely different once I started imbuing it with gratitude. I get to spend this money. I have the money to spend. And as I spend this money, I will make more money. More money will come in. Money flows in, money goes out. And when you, if you have a lot of money flowing out, Connect with gratitude, connect with the value that you're getting. And it's all about the value, really honoring the value that you're getting. And that's in that, again, I mentioned that in the five mindset shifts to up-level your money game. But that hack of, you know, feeling thankful, feeling gratitude for the money you spend. You know, I, I can't say enough about it. By all means, do it with gratitude. And with that said, you know, I I was going to put this next one in this next idea in the next mental hack, but I'm just going to say it here is when you, when you're provided good service over tip, overcompensate your server. And I know this practice varies around the world and we do have listeners from all over the world, but in the United States it's customary to give a 15% gratuity, whatever the price or cost of your meal is to give 15%. Well, I typically automatically give 20%. And then every now and then I'll give 50, 100%. 
sometimes even more. One time I had lunch, just an appetizer and a beer, and I got an idea. I just started getting a download, so I grabbed a napkin. Actually, it was the the, uh, placemat. I turned it over, I asked the waitress for a pen, and I just wrote down idea after idea after idea. And I thought I was only going to be there at the restaurant, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I ended up being there two hours. And I apologized to the waitress. I said, I just have to get this stuff down. I said, I know that you like to turn your tables as quick as possible because, you know, you work on tips. And this is lunch hour. This is, you know, your busy time. And she said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And she's so gracious. And But I felt like I was stealing money from her in some regard because she could have probably had three to four people, you know, give her a very healthy tip. So, and I think my total bill was maybe $18. I gave her a $100 tip and I did it because I felt called to do it. It was coming from my heart, not like I felt like I needed to. It it just came from my heart. She was so gracious and so non-concerned with getting her tips. Uh, But as a consequence, she contacted me after that. Actually, it was another server that had contacted me before I left and uh, said that that $100 that I gave her allowed her to make her rent that day. She was going to beg off. She said, just have fun. You know, write down your ideas, do your thing. She wasn't concerned. And so I think that was the universe. She was in the context of abundance. She might have thought, I was going to make it up some other way, or I have no idea how it's going to come, but the money will come. And it came through me. Now, this is an important distinction that money doesn't come from other people. It comes through people. It is energy. And this brings us to the next one. Now, I actually lost track because I've been throwing some bonus ones in there. So I guess... Whether it was seven on the front end of this, it's going to end up however many it is at the end. So the next one is do not quibble over the bill. I don't know how many times, I, it's mostly when I was younger and I would go out with other couples and uh, we'd, it, we'd get one check and one person or another would be sitting there slicing and dicing the check you know, you owe 11.95 and the tax is this and it's like give me it. And I said, "I'll pay it. I'm not going to play this game. I'll pay it. You just contribute what you think your meal was worth." And I admit it when I first did that, it was out of frustration because I just did not want to play that game of figuring it out and making sure that it came down to the penny that each person, like, gosh, do not keep score in life that way. Whether it's giving favors to someone else, like do something for somebody else. Don't do it because you think you're going to get something in return. Do it from your heart. Now, thinking back to that moment when I said, give me the check, I felt like they were ruining my entire experience of the meal, of the camaraderie, the conversation, by ending it on a note of scarcity, making sure right down to the penny that everyone paid their share. Well, again, that's not how the universe works. Life isn't fair. It just isn't fair. And so you just give when you can, and you're open to receive when you can't. 
So the first time I did that, you know, I, I paid the check. I, I made sure that they had a generous tip and people just threw in money. I didn't even count it. I just put it in my pocket. And when I got home, I did count it. And you know what? There was more money there than I actually paid for the entire dinner. So my dinner was free. Plus, I had some traveling money. So ever since then, I've never quibbled about the check. When I have the opportunity, I just say, I'm going to pay for it. And I just have people give me money. And sometimes people don't have the money to pay. Like I end up paying more. But, you know, when it when you average it out over time, I come out ahead. I don't know how, but I do. And sometimes people say, you know, I really can't afford that appetizer. You know, all I can afford is, I said, don't worry about it. Like, I'll get the appetizer. In fact, I'm going to buy your dinner. No, 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 that's not what I was saying. I don't care. I'm buying tonight. You buy next time. And of course, I never keep score. I don't keep score. I do favors for people when I can, and I don't expect them to ever pay me back. So you do things for people, you, you do for people that have no way of paying you back. You allow the universe to fill in the bill. I don't know how many times I've had friends over the years, uh, and again, this was a lot earlier in my life, but they would be moving and they would ask me for help. And, you know, I moved on occasion and I would ask for help. You know, I would provide pizza and, and beer and uh, I fed everyone generously. I made it a party and I had always had people that would come and help me move when I needed to move. But just recently, well, hell, it was probably eight years ago. I, I don't know. Uh, a woman on Facebook, a single mom said that she had to move and she needed some people to help her move. It was just her and her dad and her young boy. And uh, I contacted her offline. I said, uh, do you have any takers? Do you have anyone to help you? And she said, no, I don't. I said, well, let me check to see if I can get a couple people together and I will definitely be there. So I put a call out to my friends list on Facebook and I had a couple take her, a couple that took. Uh, it was Johnny and Jennifer Haney. I just want to give you kudos because you showed up when nobody else did. So we descended on Lisa's house and we assisted her in moving. And I think with all of us there, she didn't have a whole lot of stuff, but just her and her dad, it probably would have took them all day. In a matter of two hours... We had their truck packed and ready to go. Then we all went out and had dinner, had lunch. And I think there was a piece of furniture that uh, was a desk that Lisa no longer wanted and Johnny wanted. He needed it. So he got a desk out of it. Again, he didn't ask for anything. And I helped them carry it into their place. That's just one example of when you have an opportunity to assist, an opportunity to help someone that have has no way of paying you back, that the universe conspires on your behalf. And again, don't do it for what you'll get out of it. Don't do it for the good graces that you're going to receive from the universe. Do it from your heart. Do it because you can make a difference. Do it because you can. Give because you can. And that brings us to the next mental hack. Give money away. Give it away. Give it to your favorite charity. Give it where you can. Give it to a family in need. 
And if you don't know a family in need, go to a local church and just say you'd like to do something special for a family in need. And the pastor, more often than not, knows who's just now out of work, who's having troubles, and your assistance, your charitable contribution can sometimes make the difference for them. If not the financial contribution, just the fact that somebody cares enough about them gives them hope, gives them a ray of sunshine where there might be only darkness. Again, it doesn't have to be monetary, but it needs to come from your heart and you need to give it up willingly as if you have more than enough. And that's the attitude in giving to others. I have more than enough. I'm sh- I have more than I have a cornucopia of abundance that I'm willing to share with you. So you you see back when I was talking about when I was sitting at the restaurant and I gave that generous tip, this could also be in this uh this mind hack of giving, giving from your abundance. Again, it is the attitude that you have more than enough. And even if you don't have a lot, you can take five bucks and get five singles, five single dollars, and then seed those around your town, around your environment. Just leave them to where somebody might find them, inside a book, at a bus stop. Sometimes I'll drop it in front of a kid or, you know, and I'll point it out on the floor. I say, hey, look, there's a dollar, pick it up. And they think they won the lottery. You all have had the experience at some point or another finding found money in your pocket, in a pants pocket, a coat pocket that you didn't even know was there. And and you reach in there and, oh my gosh, there's 20 bucks right when you needed it. I still remember the time I was in Sausalito, California, and I came out of this art gallery and I was just standing on the street. There wasn't anybody around. And uh, I noticed out of the corner of my eye some paper rolling by on the ground. And I looked, and it was two $100 bills. I picked it up, I looked around, and there was nobody to be seen. I still remember that little experience of abundance. And that was 16, 17 years ago. So you don't need a lot of money. You just need five bucks, and maybe you don't want to split it up into singles. You want to give the whole $5 away. You want somebody to really be able to get something with that. Maybe a cup of coffee. Speaking of which, sometimes, you know, you can buy the coffee for the people behind you, the two or three behind you, and just give an extra 20 bucks or give an extra and say, I'm buying, you know, this person coffee, whatever they want. One time I had a friend of mine ask me for some money, borrow some money to put gas in their car. I said, hell, let's go down to the gas station. We'll put gas in your car right now. And then I gave them an extra hundred dollars. And I told them that I'm not a bank, but I can do this for you this time. And so I'm more than happy to assist you and help you out. But in reflection, it didn't cost me that much. $30 for a tank of gas, $100, $130. And, you know, that money would have gone somewhere else. I would have spent it on something else. And I got to enrich his life. I got to enrich his experience. He didn't feel like he was groveling. I said, I want to do it from my heart. I want to assist you. And he had faith. He had a light in the, you know, when things were dark. And I think that's the important thing is many times this little bit of money that you give and dole out to others isn't that much. You're not even really going to feel it. 
Yet you have the benefit of this experience of knowing you have more than enough to share. You have more than enough. And if you don't have money, give service. Give of yourself. Again, and give with no expectation of having it being returned to you. Do it from your heart. Okay, so here's the last one, and that is smell the leather. Now, I have talked about in the past where I took myself, me and a friend, to the Rolls-Royce dealer in Bloomfield Hills in Michigan, just outside of Detroit. It's one of the, the richest neighborhoods. It used to be one of the richest neighborhoods in the country. But I told the salesman that there's no way I can afford this right now. But I would like to be able to just sit in it and smell the leather. Now, that was back in 1979, 1980. And uh, I have to tell you, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I sat in that car. It was nice. It was really nice. But it didn't fit me. It, I, I have no real desire to drive a Rolls Royce. But I'm glad I got to sit in it and smell the leather. It felt luxurious. And then early on in life, when I had no way of affording it, uh, my fiance at the time I was my first wife, we would go to Parade of Homes. We would walk through these, at that time it was $300,000, which was equivalent to close to a million dollar house. Custom builders, you see the, the state of the art uh, building techniques and materials. And every city, every major city has a Parade of Homes, at least once a year, look for it. And even now, on YouTube, you can tour real estate worth millions of dollars and get a feel for what's out there. Tour a $3 million, a $15 million, a $28 million home and look for the items, look for the features that you would like to have in your home and daydream while you do this. Again, you smell the leather, you feel the silk, you feel the experience, you luxuriate in it. And that goes back to the whole Goldilocks experience where you sit in different cars, you sit in different environments, and you try it on. How does it feel? Because when you're on the outside looking in and you're not really uh, a party or you don't have that palpable experience of that wealth, of that luxury, then it is a definite feeling of lack. It's a feeling of wanting, which reminds me in an earlier time in my life when I really didn't have it in the budget. But once a month, I would go with my girl to the the finest hotel and have brunch. It was like, I don't know, $30 a person, which, you know, back then was quite a bit, was closer to like 50 to $70 a person for brunch, champagne brunch. And, you know, they had a piano player and it was just a nice atmosphere. We would dress up and we would play the part and have this experience. And I have to tell you, again, it's not in the doing of it. It is in the experiencing of it. Be an experiencer. Again, all these items, all these things I've talked about, it's really about tuning into the feeling of abundance. And it's in your mindset. It's in how you approach it. And when you can do that in the normal day-to-day, you make room for more money. You make room for more abundance. You see, the universe is naturally abundant. It's all in your mindset. If you experience the, the world as filled with poverty, it's because that's what your focus is. Focus on poverty and scarcity. 
When you focus on abundance, when you focus on what you have, you're gracious and have gratitude and you love and appreciate what you have, what you have access to. It changes your experience of life. So try these out and tell me, tell me what your experience of. Tell me how it changes things for you. And again, if you want to dive deeper, go and watch my training at yesdaniel.com backslash five, numero five. And that is the five mindset shifts to up-level your money game. Well, that's it for this episode. This is Daniel Danovi urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, and by all means, live the epic adventure.